Hi, I'm Pastor Chris with Pure Church in Fort Pierce, Florida. We're so excited for you to join us for our family series called My House, where pastors Nick and Misty discuss the foundations of a family in Christ. They discuss marriage, children, vision, and much more. Hope you all enjoy the series. Dear Jesus, give us the strength to preach this message. I thank you, Lord, that it's not my words, but it's yours. I don't take the heat of this. This is a tough one. We're talking about purity of marriage. That means all the purity and sexual sins type stuff today. Hallelujah. But I'm just going to read the word. Because if you hate the message, you can hate the message of you can hate Jesus. That's all I'm saying. I'm not taking the heat. And you know what? He doesn't, he doesn't need me to take the heat for him because he has got broad shoulders. He, he already did it on the cross. So, uh, but you know what? If, you never, if we never preach the truth, if we never tell you what the Bible says about certain things, then you never get to hear it. You know, and, and faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Amen? And that's in everything we do. And faith is believing. And if you can't believe, then you can't do Amen? Because faith without action is dead. So if you don't hear the word of God to bring change to your life, to have faith, to do it, what change comes? Amen? So open your Bibles to the book of Proverbs this morning. To those online watching online, we want to say, Yoo-hoo! Welcome to the Pure Church experience. Today we're talking about purity in marriage. If you're in the area, St. Lucie County... We have church here every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. We encourage you to come out. And uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we have somebody that you can chat to if you need prayer. That's all in the comments section. But uh, we just, we are glad that you're joining us. So the book of Proverbs chapter 1. And we're going to start reading at verse 20. And it says, Wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along the main street, to those gathered in front of the city gate. Says, how long will you simpletons, how long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Come and listen to my counsel, and I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. Look at somebody and tell them, when God makes you wise... Mm. He blesses you. Amen. Say wisdom. Wisdom produces wealth. Produces wealth in every area of your life. If you are lacking in any area of your life, if you'll get the wisdom of God, it'll create abundance and mm. blessing and fullness of life. So here the Bible says that God is calling us. He's saying wherever it is that you're lacking, you don't have to be in that situation anymore. If you'll come to me and listen to me. I'll make you wise, and wisdom will cause you to prosper. How many of you want to prosper? That's me. I want to prosper. But the only way you're going to prosper is through wisdom, through counsel. Because if, if you don't see the areas where the enemy is stealing from you, how do you know how to fix it? But if you'll apply the Word of God, if you will obey my commandments, you're going to see my blessing. Can you say amen? Amen. So in verse 24 says, I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. 
I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignore my advice and rejected the correction I offered. So God is saying, I've called you. I've spoken to you through many people. You know what's right. I'm here on the streets calling you saying, come this way. Do it this way. But you ignore my advice. So what does he say in 26? What will wisdom do? I will laugh when you're in trouble. Wait, this is, this is where it gets really bad. <laughs> so there's blessings for obedience, but then there's the curse for disobedience. Mm. Let me pause, pause. A little commercial break. So God isn't sitting in heaven with one gazillion angels coming through his throne room saying, the report for the day, Nicholas Curry down on earth, section Port St. Lucie, Florida. Today, he has committed this sin, this sin, this sin. Today, he's committed this righteous act, this righteous act, this righteous act. He said this bad word to the driver when they cut him off and almost killed him. <laughs> what I want you to know, God isn't in heaven micromanaging what we say and what we do. God has set laws in place that operate. It's not God blessing you or God cursing you. It's your actions that bring you under the blessing or bring you under the curse. Good word. You hear what I'm saying? So it's not God that blesses you or God that curses you. He says, if you'll obey me, you'll get the blessing. If you'll disobey me, you qualify for the curse. Choose what you want. You see, the decision is yours. So if you choose to do it your way and then you get the bitter fruit of it, it's not God's fault. And if you do it God's way and you go ahead and you tap into the blessing, it's not God blessing you. It's what's been set in place and you choose what you want. Amen. Is everybody with me? Yeah. So there are consequences, there are consequences for, my decisions. for my decisions. So he says, I'll mock you when disaster overtakes you. I don't want wisdom mocking me. Uh-uh. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster engulfs you like a cyclone, that's a hurricane. And anguish and distress overwhelm you. When they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. Why? For they hated knowledge. They chose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice. They paid no attention when I corrected them. And therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way. That's pretty hard. Mm, choking on their own schemes. That's a pretty tough pill to swallow, wouldn't you say? But God is just laying it out and He's saying, listen, if you'll obey me, you'll get blessed. If you disobey me, you're going to experience the curse. If you ignore me and you fail to honor me and fear my word and fear me, don't come crying to me when all these things come upon you. Everybody with me? Say, I choose. I choose. It's my decision. If you don't like your life, change the way you're living. Simple. You know, people come and they ask us questions. Why is this happening? Why is that happening? And then you see how they're living. If you change the way you live to honor God, you'll see the blessing. Mm. It happens naturally. So then it goes on in uh, chapter, two, chapter three. 3. Verse 11. Now, Misty and I spoke about this the first week we started the My House series, right? And we want to remind you of this. In 3 verse 11, it says, My child, 
don't reject the Lord's discipline, and don't be upset when He corrects you. For the Lord corrects those He loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom He delights. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding, for wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her wages are better than gold. And it goes on to talk about all the blessings that you will get if you choose wisdom and you choose to live according to God's Word. But what we need to understand is that the Word of God is going to be offensive in the area where you're out of alignment. And remember how I said, you know, you take those offenses like a champ? You just sit there and you go, oh, yes, that pierced me. The Word of God, that just... That's that, a two-edged sword. You know, you just have to be humble. And you can't think about anyone else. Yeah. You've got to think about yourself. And you have to hear the word and allow it to come into you and bring change. Amen? Amen. And the way you take it like a champ is you just say, you know, yep, that's me. That's Jesus. me. My life's out of alignment in this it's area. out of alignment in this area, and I need your help to help me. Right? Teach me to fix Teach it. Teach me how to fix it. So that I can be blessed. And when I stumble again... Jesus, teach me how to fix this. Amen? Amen. You want to break a stronghold in your life? You want to break something? You want that change to come? You got to get the word in you. Because the word is what changes the stronghold. You know, Paul himself said, man, why do I keep doing the things I don't want to do? We all say that in different areas. Right. But it's that moment where you don't like, why? I can't believe they shouldn't really preach on that. I don't agree with that. You know, and you start, you, when you get into that place, then that's where the enemy comes and it brings division between you and even us and what the Lord wants to do in you. Amen? Don't get offended. Just, you don't even have to announce it. You don't have to announce that's me. You can just secretly repent yes, Jesus, and go a different way. Me. You know, you can do it in your bedroom. You can do it in your closet. You can do it in your car. You don't have to publicly announce it. But allow the word to come in you so it can bring change. Amen? Amen. So then go to uh, Proverbs chapter 5, verse 1. He says, My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen carefully to my wise counsel. Then you will show discernment and your lips will express what you've learned. For the lips of an immoral woman are as sweet as honey. Her mouth is smoother than oil, but in the end, she is a bitter poison. Mm, You know that temptation is sweet. It looks good. As dangerous as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. For she cares nothing about the path to life. She staggers down a crooked trail and doesn't realize it. So what are we talking about here? Are we talking about a woman? No, we're not talking about a woman. We're talking about a spirit. There is a seducing spirit that wants to seduce you so that you start thinking about sexual perverted things. And it wants to pull you into that realm but it'll take you straight to the the pit of death. Because when you get caught up in that stuff, what it does is it consumes your mind and it consumes your thinking, and then it starts working through your body, doing things that you should not be doing. And what we have to do is, Proverbs chapter 3 says, 
Guard your heart with all diligence. You have to protect what you're looking at. You have to protect what you're listening to. You have to guard your heart because if you don't guard your heart, you'll start thinking about it, you'll start talking about it, and then you'll start doing things that are out of line with what God has for you. And part of the problem that we have is when you're fallen, we're, we're born in a fallen sin nature, there are desires of the flesh that you have to deal with. Look at the person next to you and say, there's fleshly desires, there's fleshly desires that, I have to deal with. that I have to deal with. So go to the book of Galatians chapter 5. There is a seducing spirit that wants to seduce you. And it'll seduce men and it'll seduce women. Mm -hmm. Right? Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. It says, when you follow the desires. Just because you have these desires doesn't mean you need to follow them and do them. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures. Skip down to 21. There's drunkenness, and then there's wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I've said before, anyone, does that include all of us in this room? Yes. Anyone living that sort of life will not inherit, say inherit, inherit. the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. So there's things that God wants to give us, but if we're not living right, we can't get the things God has for us. And... This spirit, this seducing spirit will confuse you. It'll, it'll capture your attention and it'll take you into the grave. And it's something that is so strong that you, it's hard to break out of when you're in its grip. Right? And this thing wants to destroy your marriage. It wants to divide a husband and a wife. It wants to come into the intimacy of your marriage and separate you. So that the husband is thinking about other women and the wife is thinking about other men. The oneness that God has for you in your marriage, this spirit wants to divide you at the core and it wants to bring division to your household so that it can go to your children. It wants to destroy your house. It wants to steal your wealth. It wants to take everything that you have. Go back to the book of Proverbs. You see, the Bible says in the book of John 10.10, 10, the enemy's plan is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his plan. But he comes with these things that are alluring, and they look good, and they, they look like they're, uh, they're, they're appetizing. The flesh desires them. Ooh, that's, that looks nice. I want that. But when you bite, it has you. And it starts bringing destruction to your life. Mm -hmm. So go back to the book of Proverbs. It says here in verse 7, Listen, my son, listen to me. Never stray from what I'm about to stay. Stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. If you do, you will lose your honor. You will lose to merciless people all that you've achieved. Strangers will consume your wealth. And someone else will enjoy the fruit of your labor. It gets worse. In the end, you will groan in anguish when disease consumes your body. 
and you will say how I hated discipline. If only I had not ignored all the warnings. 14 says, you come to the brink of utter ruin and then you have to face public disgrace. Drink water from your own well. Share your love with your wife. Why spill the water of your springs in the streets having sex with anyone? You should reserve it for yourselves and never for strangers. And so I want you to know and understand if you take Missy and I, if you'll take our relationship now, for instance, we've been married 21 years. We've built multiple businesses. We have a church that's established. If I go and commit adultery, if I go and break my covenant vows that I made to my wife that the Lord saw me make on my wedding day, what would happen to us? We would be split. What would happen to Club Pure, the church and everything? It'll be destroyed. All of this will come crumbling down, right? Why? Because of one moment of passion. One moment where I thought, oh, that looks good. Let me go check out the other side and see if it's a little greener over there. Five minutes of pleasure can destroy everything that we've built in 22 years. Mm -hmm. Then we will be mocked. And then the religious and those out there will mock us and say, look, there's another, there's another minister, they're the ministers, look at them again. The mocking comes now to the body of Christ. And people do that in your realm too. They'll look at you and say, oh, I thought you are Christians. You're getting mocked. Why? Because you're living a double standard. You say you're a Christian, but you're not living the Christ life. And family, we need to come to the place where we deal with this thing in our homes. We need to, we need to do what Galatians, go back to Galatians. How do you deal with this? Galatians chapter 5, in verse 24. Those who belong to Christ, say, that's me. That's me. Have nailed the passions and the desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let's not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. So the way that you deal with this is you hear what the Word of God says and you make the decision, I am putting my fleshly desires under. Mm. I'm not living this way anymore. I'm not turning on the internet. I'm not watching pornography. I'm not, I'm not watching movies that are seductive and seducing, that I'm opening my eyes and my heart to, to see stuff that's unrighteous. Because that is seed going into your heart, and it starts creating desires on the inside of you that you should not be having. Mm -hmm. And the last thing that you want is when you're being intimate with your wife or your spouse is that you're thinking about other people. It's supposed to be pure and it's supposed to be holy. And God wants to restore this in our homes. He wants to restore the covenant of your marriage. And where this foul spirit has come in to try and bring division and destruction in your homes, you need to shut that door and you need to kick it out. Yeah. And, you know, that even goes like it's in everything. You know, you have to be careful on what you watch, what movies you watch. It's like everywhere. The music that's out there, it's in everything. You know? Um, the I, world. I even have to teach, I teach my kids that, you know, what you listen to is what you become. 
Now, the teenagers are teenagers, and I'm hoping they're going to make the right choices, and I'm not going to tell you that, they've all, that they always make the right choices to watch and listen to the right thing. But it's that Holy Spirit that comes and convicts them and says, you know, uh, this, me listening to this is making me want to do that. Because, um, you know, sex is something that God did make. Yes. It's natural. He made us to want to do that so that we can come into covenant with one person and be fruitful. He wants us. It says the Bible, we're blessed if we have children. That those are blessings from the Lord. He wants us to multiply and be fruitful, right? But he wants us to do it under the covenant. He wants us to do it in the purity of how he designed it. Amen? Yeah, it's really important that we understand this because God wants, he wants uh, children from your union that are going to love him and worship him. Mm. That's what he wants. And, and, and what you've got to understand is that the enemy doesn't want the household, a husband and a wife in covenant, serving God with a family that's righteous. Yeah. Because the blessings go generation to generation to generation. Mm -hmm. So the enemy's got tactics and he's got ways that he wants to come in and destroy the family unit because it's made in the image of God and he hates that image. Yes. And this is one of the number one temptations that society faces. And the world is the world. The world isn't going to change. Yeah, and it's like how you have to be in this world but not of this world. That's what the, that's what the Bible says. So when you decided to come and say, you know what, I'm going to lay my life over. I'm going to make him Lord of my life. You're basically saying, I'm going to live in Christ. I want to be in him so that I'm not, I'm in this world but I'm not of this world. You understand? And it is a process, but you have to start making, you have to allow God to come and work this process through you and you have to keep coming to the cross and you have to keep repenting. I'm going to read this scripture really quick. Go ahead. In 1 Corinthians 6, um, verse 9, it's, um, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or those who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes, or practice homosexuality, or are thieves, or are greedy people, or drunkards, or abusive, or cheap people, none of these things will inherit the kingdom of God. You want to inherit the kingdom of God. You want your children to inherit the kingdom of God. You don't want to stop the blessings on your households, so you have to choose to get rid of these sins. Amen? And this is how you do it. It says, some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right by God, calling on the Lord, the name of Jesus Christ, and by the spirit of our God, he cleanses you. So it's just that simple. If you sit in the place and you're like, man, I do deal with these things and I have that, don't be ashamed because the Lord says, all you have to do is call upon my name. All you have to do is cast it on me. All you have to do, I will make you right. I will cleanse you. I will make you whole. Amen? That's the God I serve. And then you want to read that other scripture too? Which one? The one with the woman caught in adultery. Oh. Because I think it goes really good with that. Yeah, it does go really good with that. It's John 8. This is really good. And I want you to understand this because this is Jesus proving this. What I just said, all you got to do is call on his name. All you have to do is he's there to protect you. He's not there to harm you. He's not there to cast you out. 
He, he died on the cross so that you can be made free. whole, so that you can be free. Amen? Amen? Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. This is a story, <laughs> so I have to read it like a story. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the entire crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says, stone her. What do you say? So they're trying to get Jesus to do what they want him to do, right? And they were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and he wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but I let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and he wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. He was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said to her, neither do I. Go and sin no more. So when you come to Jesus with whatever sin you've got going on, whatever sin that you need to get rid of, whatever stronghold that has you bound, when you come to him, he picks you up and he says, you know, I don't accuse you, I don't condemn you, but repent. Because she had to repent and she had to go and sin no more. That's where the rubber meets the road. It's when you come to the place of repentance. It's when you come to the cross and you say, Lord, I repent for this. Turn my heart from this. And you repent. The rubber meets the road when you have to sin no more. You have to stand firm against the decision that you've made to go and sin no more. Amen? So that means you need to change your lifestyle. Right? So what good is it to know what the Word of God says, but then you keep living in disobedience to the Word, right? Faith without works is dead. So you, you're not going to see change in your life until you deal with this issue. And I'm telling you right now, this spirit, when it grabs hold of you, it takes your mind and your heart captive so you can no longer see the wisdom of God. You will no longer hear the wisdom of God because this thing has seduced you and taken you from your first love. This thing wants to separate you from hearing God's voice. Mm. That's what this thing is designed to do. And if you'll read the book of Proverbs, it talks about wisdom, this woman wisdom, and this, this promiscuous, immoral woman. And in the spirit realm, you have the Holy Spirit that wants to speak the wisdom of God to you, but you also have this seducing demonic spirit that wants to bring you into lust. And if this thing takes your heart captive... It cuts you and separates you from your relationship with the Father. And there's no purity in your heart anymore. And then through this lens that this thing puts on you, you see through a lens and you look at somebody, and whether it's a man or a woman, you can't look at them with purity in your heart. Why? Because you're looking through a lens. Because this thing's grabbed hold of you. Amen. And you know, there's temptations. And when, when he says, go and sin no more... You know, you have to ask yourself the question, all right, 
Do I need to change who I'm around? Because people are like elevators, remember? They take you up or they take you down. And let me tell you, when you put yourself in a situation where you know you're going to be tempted, how strong can you be in the midst of the temptation? So you have to watch your environments, you have to watch who you're around, you have to watch who you listen to, and you have to get rid of some things that's going to cause you to go down that path that you don't want to go down because you know when you go there, you're going to get tempted. It's natural. It's natural. And who's strong enough to say no? So you have to, you have to help yourself by not putting yourself in the places where you know you're going to get tempted. Yeah. Amen. So in the book of Proverbs, we'll go back there. I, wonder, I didn't read that scripture earlier, but I want to read it now. Go to Proverbs again. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 22. The Lord, this is talking about wisdom. The Lord formed me wisdom from the beginning. Before he created anything else, I was appointed in ages past. At the very first before the earth began. I was born before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled forth their waters, before the mountains were formed, before the hills I was born, before he made the earth and its fields and the first handfuls of soil. I was there when he established the heavens, when he drew the horizon on the oceans. I was there when he set the clouds above and when he established the springs deep in the earth. I was there when he set the limits of the seas so they would not spread beyond their boundaries. And the reason I wanted to read that is because in the beginning God created wisdom, but wisdom has boundaries. Mm. Say that. Say wisdom, wisdom has, boundaries. has boundaries. And the minute you cross the boundary line and you step out of wisdom, you step into foolishness. And that's where destruction begins to hit your life. Mm. That's the boundary line. God set boundaries for wisdom, for life, for blessing, for increase, for prosperity. But the minute you cross the boundary line, you're no longer under the blessing of God. And now you're opening yourself up to the attack of the enemy to steal from you. And so know that when God talks about these things, he's doing it because he's like, man, I love you. I don't want to see you hurt. Right? God doesn't want to see our children hurt. God doesn't want to see the family destroyed. And we see it all the time. We see so many broken families. Why? Because the enemy attacks the family. He hates the family. And you have to fight for your family. You have to fight for your marriage. You have to make sure that you're not fighting your husband or your wife or your spouse. That you're, you are fighting together to keep the enemy out of your household because you know the destruction that it will bring in a house that's divided against itself. Yeah. And, you know, um, going back to, I'm going to read um, 1 Corinthians 7, uh, which talks about, this is for married couples, on how do you stay out of certain temptations. Do you know what I mean? Remember, sex is like a hunger. So if things aren't happening, then... Where's that hunger going to get where's filled? Where's that hunger going to get filled at, right? So because there, it says... Now, regarding the question you asked in your letter, I don't know who wrote this letter, but they obviously had this question, you know. Um, it's the Corinthian church that wrote yes, a letter to Paul. Carry to on. Paul. Mm -hmm. See, I don't know. He knows all the history of no, this. No, I don't. Carry on. <laughs> yes, it is good to obtain from sexual relations. He's saying it is good to retain. Re abstain. Abstain from sexual relations. 
But because there is so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. The husband should fulfill a wife's sexual needs and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy. For a limited time, so you can give yourselves completely to prayer. So make, you know, if you're fasting or you're doing something and you want, you both agree that, you know, I'm not going to eat, not going to do any of this. I'm separating I'm myself, separating unto, myself the unto the Lord to go into prayer. Fine, but it needs to be a limited time, it said. Afterward, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Now, the Lord, and he already knew we lack self-control in some areas, you know? So if you're a married couple, you have to make sure that you're not depriving each other of the needs that each other have. Amen? I know. That's why I said I'm just going to read the word. <laughs> it's not on me, Jesus. But I wish everyone were single just as I am. Yet each person has a special gift from God of one kind of another. So I say to those who aren't married, these are the not married, okay? And to the widows, it is better to stay unmarried just as I am. But if they cannot control themselves, they should go ahead and marry. It is better to marry than it is to burn with lust. Because God knows that you have that natural desire and if you cannot control yourselves, then it's better to get married than it is to burn with lust. So go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and we'll read from verse 12. It, it says, now that you're in Christ and you're free, you say, now I'm allowed to do anything. But not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. Mm. You say food was made for the stomach and stomach for food. This is true, though, someday God will do away with both of them. But you cannot say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about our bodies. And God will raise us from the dead by His power, just as He raised our Lord from the dead. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually a part of Christ? Should a man take his body which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute. Never. Don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scripture says that the two are united into one. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one in spirit with him. Verse 18, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Say that. Say, I'm going to honor God with my body. Say, this is God's body. This is God's body. I'm going to honor Him with it. 
Uh, where was that other scripture that I had? I wrote it down somewhere. One more that I want to read. And then we're going to pray today. You know, uh, what you also need to understand is that, you know, the Bible says that the two become one, right? So I want you to look at your children. If you're married and you have kids, when you look at your children, you can see that in the natural, the child resembles both the mother and the father. Is that true? Can you go and separate mom from dad from your child? Can you pull that apart? You cannot pull it apart, right? And so it is in the spirit. When a husband and a wife get married and they have sex, there is a, 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 a unity that happens in the spirit, just like you see in the natural. The child cannot be separated from mom and dad. Well, neither can you be separated from the one that you've married. Now, if I join myself to a third person, I've added somebody else to the equation. There comes another tie in the spirit to somebody else. There's soul ties and there's emotional ties that start connecting. And it becomes a network in the spirit where you've given parts of yourself to other people. They think about you and you think about them. It's a spiritual thing. There's connections. And those ties have to be broken. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, in the most random moment, you'll have flashbacks of certain things that you're like, where on earth is this coming from? It's because there's spiritual connections that have to be broken. Right? Go to um, Matthew chapter 5, verse 27. And it says here, Jesus speaking. This is not one of the apostles. It's Jesus himself speaking. He said, you've heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. So Jesus isn't playing around with this. He's saying if you mess around with this thing, hell is waiting for you. Yeah, this thing captivates you. This spirit controls you. It controls your life. It wants to bring you into a place where you are spiritually dead. He says, and if your hand, even your strong hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Can you say amen? So family, this morning, what we want to do is we want to make sure that your marriage is protected, right? We want to make sure that the covenant that you have with your spouse is protected. If you're not married, right, then you should be keeping yourself pure for the one you will marry, right? Because otherwise you're sleeping around with somebody else's husband or wife. God has one for you. Can you say amen? And so... We, we know that if the enemy can divide a husband and a wife, he can destroy the household and you lose everything. And then what happens is you repeat the same mistake over again. And at the end of the day, it's your children that suffer. Hmm. You suffer because of all the mess that goes on with divorce and separation. That is a massive burden that people carry. Can I get an amen? amen? 
And if that's been you, it doesn't matter. God can restore you. Correct. Because anything that's been out to harm you, he can turn that for good. Amen. So remember, there's no condemnation in the Lord. He takes you and he wraps you in his arms and you come to the place where you repent and he says, go and sin no more. Be free. Amen? So from this point forward, you have to make the decision that I'm not opening the door to this thing again. There are boundaries for the covenant of marriage where God will bless you. And if I step out of those boundaries, I am opening myself up to the attack of the enemy. Right? And I want this to be clear to you today so that you can say, well... Oh, you know, God, it's not God, it's your choices. It's not the devil, it's your choices. Can you say amen? Amen. And we've got to make choices that are in line with the Word of God. And it's not just this area, it's every single area of our lives. When it comes to the sins of the flesh, we open up the door for the enemy to attack us and bring destruction and division. And we're cutting it out. Can you say amen? Amen. Say, so we're going to live pure. We're going to live pure. You want to hear the voice of God, but this thing wants to separate you from hearing God's voice. Mm. And we're putting a stop to it today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to pray. This thing wants to steal your identity. Mm. This spirit, if you let it in, it'll steal your identity in Christ. And it'll make you a slave to fulfill its desires. And you go down that road, it starts here, but then it just gets progressively worse till it becomes perverse. And when it becomes perverse, this spirit will cause you to do things to children and other areas that are absolutely horrible. But when this spirit gets you, it's like you, you are bound by it to do its will. Right? And so, you know, people that molest children and all that kind of stuff, this is the spirit behind it. And then you have people who get greedy for money, so they'll sell you into sex slavery. This thing is wicked to the core. And it doesn't care about your life. And we can't entertain it. Amen? Amen. You have to shut the door on this thing. And there has to be a holy raging fire against it. Mm. Amen? Amen? So come on, open your hands. Heavenly Father, yes. I thank you for your word today. For your word is like a hammer that breaks the rock. Your mm. word is like a fire, God. Your word says that your word is a two-edged sword that divides between soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and it judges the innermost intentions and thoughts of the heart, God. Father, today as we've spoken your word, as we've read your word, yes. I thank you that your word has brought correction to us in this area, Lord God. And Father, you have shown each and every person the place that they need to make adjustments. Say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I ask you to forgive me for every area where I have crossed the line. And Heavenly, Father, and Heavenly Father, I thank you now, I thank you now that I receive, grace, I receive grace, that I receive forgiveness, I receive forgiveness and, I choose and I choose to do what Jesus said, to, do what Jesus said to the woman caught in adultery. The woman I'm, repenting, I'm repenting and I'm sinning no more. And I'm sinning no more. Help me, God, Help me, God to, make the changes to make the changes that I need to make, 
happening to me. So that I can cut this enemy out of our lives. So that I can cut this enemy out of our lives. And that I can come under your blessing. So that I can come under your blessing. I want clean hands. I want clean hands. And a pure heart. And a pure heart. So I can hear your voice. So that I can hear your voice. Now, Father, I come against a perverse spirit. Yes. I come against the spirit of lust. I come against the seductive, seducing spirit. And I curse it at its roots. Everything along with perversion that comes with it, I command it to loose your people. Every place, God, where there's been a door that has been opened, I thank you now, Father, that the fire of God burns the thoughts yes, out of their mind, out of their will, out of their emotions. And I thank you, God, there is coming a separation from this thing now in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for sealing him. Father, every place that there's been abuse, every place where the enemy has taken advantage of them, any place where they're struggling in their identity of who they are, Father, I thank you that's being corrected now. In the name of Jesus. And I thank you for freedom today, God. Thank you for freedom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Whew, glad that subject's over. <laughs> I, we might pick it up next week. Oh, no, I don't know. Father, I pray for the right spouse for those that are single. Yes, thank you, Jesus. I pray, Lord, for those that are really desiring to be married and have the mm -hmm. right person in their lives that love you, Lord, and that'll serve you, yes. that they'll come. That they are purposed together, yes. Father, for the call that you have on their lives, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you bring them to them in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, the young people, I just pray a grace upon them, God. Father, that they would um, fall more in love with you than yes, the things of Jesus. the world, the temptations of the world. Father, that you would become their first love and that they would experience the joy and the intimacy of knowing you and all the blessing that comes with that, Lord God. Yes. Father, for the married couples, I pray that their union that their marriages would become more transparent. Yes, Lord. And they, they would be holy, God. Yes. And, and there'd fruitful. be purity and fruitful. Yes. Lord, that they will hear your voice together and they will do great things for you, God. Father, for those that are separated and have lost loved ones, or those that, have, that, that are never going to be married, I thank you, God, that you're with them. Yes. And, Father, that you become their everything. Father, yes, I pray Jesus. that they would discover a new place in intimacy with you, God. Oneness with you, knowing you, yes, like never Lord. before. And, Father, I speak blessing over yes, the families and the homes, God, over the children. And I thank you that this thing is being yes. rooted out today. Thank you, At Jesus. its core. And it will no longer have influence in their lives. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' mighty In name. In Jesus' mighty name. You say amen. Amen. I'm just so glad to be a part of the family. No matter what you're going through, I got you and you got me.